photography company that I had started from the ground up and I was making good income and I had made it for five years and I ditched it because I wanted to do songwriting and I wanted to be a musician. Photography wasn't lighting me up anymore. And I easily, easily could have been like, oh, but I can't leave my company. I just built this from the ground up. Or I could have done what a lot of people said and said, oh, are you just gonna take your company down there with you and just shoot families and try to build your clientele up when you get down there? And I was like, no, because if I do that, I can't keep my feet in two ponds at one time. I will drown. Oh, so good. How much of my heart I put into my stuff. And if I divide that and start mixing up my energy, like I'll be up Shit's Creek without a paddle. Like I just can't, I knew that I couldn't do that. We didn't have a plan B. We're just what you said. Like if we have to sell the house, fuck, we'll sell the house. You know, if I have to get a job at Starbucks, I'll get a job at Starbucks. Like whatever, I'll figure it out. But like right now I don't have a plan B. This is it. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week, myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Y'all, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. I am so excited for today's guest. Not only is she a great friend of mine, she is a client of mine, and she's a Nashville-based singer-songwriter. Sarah Faith is on the show today. We talk all about her childhood. We talk all about the decisions that she's made to get her where she is in life. She has an amazing story, you guys, and I'm so excited for you to hear it. Her music, honestly, is proof that you can use your past hardships for amazing things. She calls her music meaningful music, and she's the creator of the Choose Your Legacy movement, which seeks to spread the message that we are all 100% responsible for stepping into our purpose, regardless of the previous setbacks and fears of failure in our life. We dive into all of the things, all of the decisions. We talk about eyebrows, goats, past traumas, deciding uh, massive decisions that she's made. It's honestly such a great show. And I'm so excited for you guys to meet and love on my friend, Sarah Faith. Welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast, you guys. I am so freaking stoked to have my guest here today. She is not only just a friend of mine, she is a client of mine, and she is an amazing human being, which I know, actually, I've told her this a thousand times, that she is actually going to become so famous at one blink of an eye. We don't know yet when that's going to happen, but it's going to be one blink of an eye where, you know, for so long, we've talked about so many things in our friendship and our business relationship. And I've always promised her, I was like, as much success as myself and perhaps of my other clients have had, or other people that we've talked about this person, 100% in a blink of an eye will go from 
oh my gosh, I don't know who that is, to oh my gosh, how on the planet do you not know who Sarah Faith is? And today I'm so excited to have you. How are you? Hey, oh my God, what an intro. Holy oh my God. Can you, can I like, re- I mean, it is recorded, so I guess that's good, but like, I need to like get that in a little clip and like when I wake up in the morning, it's going to say, how does everyone not know who Sarah Faith is? Exactly. How does everyone not know who Sarah Faith is? Well, if you guys have followed me for a long time on social media, you probably know who Sarah Faith is because not only is she a client of mine, she has become such a good friend of mine. Her and her husband are actually friends with myself and my husband and um, her journey has has been pretty incredible. And that's obviously what this podcast is about. It's all about deciding it is your turn. And along Sarah's life, she has had a ton of decisions that she has had to make. But before we dive into all of those decisions and how some of the decisions that she's made has actually blessed her life and how it could be, you know, very much instrumental to your life. I'd love for you to introduce yourself, Sarah, besides the fact that you're a friend and a client. So can you <laughs> tell the world if they don't happen to know who you are? um who the hell you are and why the hell you're amazing (laughs) okay well uh thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity because this is also as you already know uh things like this are growth opportunities for me um my name is sarah faith and i live in nashville currently with my husband we moved here literally on a whim uh, a little more than a year ago from michigan Um, I mean, I knew, I know that we always knew we were going to move south because we're both Midwesterners. And when we met, we were like, okay, just so you know, like this Midwest thing is not where we're going to die. Like it's too cold. The people are too cranky. We're out. And we were both like, yes, that's exactly what we're going to do. So that's what we did. Uh, We didn't know exactly the form or fashion it was going to come in, but that's besides the point. Um, So I'm a singer songwriter. And like I said, I live in Nashville. So um, yeah, I'm literally just chasing the hell out of my dreams. Um, I know for a fact I can cuss on this podcast, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Ain't that the fucking truth? We know that. Absolutely. Uh, I didn't even know what explicit the E beside a podcast even meant, but I was like, the minute I knew, I was like, oh, well, they can just plaster that right beside oh, my name. It says it right next to your channel. The Decides to Turn Podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, one thing that you just said there in your intro that you like, oh, that's beside the point. That is actually not the truth. That is like, I think one of the very first um, big decisions that you've made in, well, obviously there's a plenty of decisions before that, but that was probably a very instrumental decision in getting you to where you are right now, you know, on the path to definite stardom in the industry. And so many awesome things are coming down the line for you. But that decision to basically uproot yourselves in a blink of an eye, do you want to talk about that? Because I think it's really, really important part of, you know, where you are today and the fast action you take. Sure. Um, and I think, you know, as I've done, you know, different events with you and hung out with you and talked in mastermind groups and things like that, it's kind of, um, it's been affectionately coined. Uh, I'm the pull the trigger girl. <laughs> I just, I'm just the girl that like pulls the trigger. I don't, you know, I, I, it's not like I don't feel fear. It's, I just don't, I don't, if I feel like I'm feeling fear and it feels like it's holding me back, I'm like, that's the time to push on the gas pedal. Um, so for us, 
we were in Michigan, like I said, and literally two winters ago, I was shoveling the driveway, which makes me want to barf just saying it, but I was <laughs> shoveling the driveway and I was like, I looked at Ryan and I was like, Ryan, if I have to shovel this driveway one more time, I'm going to throw this shovel through the window. Like I've had it. And we were like, okay, like she's just being dramatic. Like she's going to be fine. But so it moved into like June and July and um, I was singing with a band in Michigan and I was having a blast, but I just felt like I was being pulled to do something, something else and something solo. Um, and we actually took a trip to Nashville as a band. And I remember when the van, we were in a van all together, me, little old me and a bunch of dudes like awkward, awful, stinky, like whatever. <laughs> We crossed the state line into Tennessee, and I remember feeling this overwhelming just peace. And I was like, I think I just drove over the state line of my home. Um, and it was strange. And I told Ryan about it. I was like, Ryan, like when, when I just crossed over into Tennessee, like I literally felt like that was home. And he was like, okay, you know, we kind of put on the back burner. Okay, so then in July, this is July of 2018. Um, he goes, I'm just going to get a realtor over here and see like what our house is worth. Cause we had put a ton of work into our house. We redid floors. We took down cabinets, we did all kinds of shit. So we, um, get a realtor over and what she thought we could get for our house was like way more than what we thought we would list our house for. So we were like, Oh shit. Like, is this go time? And she looked at us and she was like, I think I might even have a buyer for you. We were like, oh, this is funny. We were like, okay, we'll bring him over then. And so she did, she brought him over. And we were like, oh my God, what is happening? Like, is our house about to sell? Well, they didn't buy it. But then she was like, no, I literally have, like she was the realtor for like that city. Like she specializes in that city. So she's got a list of people that she talks to or whatever. The second group of people that she brought in the house bought it with a cash offer. And we were like, um, our house wasn't even on the market yet. And now we actually don't have one. So we need to find one. Um, so Ryan had actually come down with me to the CMA Fest when I was playing with the band. And one of the bartenders that we met was oddly a realtor, which was very strange. Um, so we contacted her and we were like, hey, like we really need some help finding a house. We actually just sold our house. So if we could find one to buy, that would be amazing. Um, and we found one and we did not come see it in person. We bought it on FaceTime. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yes, um, we literally had her come into this house that I'm sitting in right now and we had her like knock on the granite countertops and like show me the soft clothes cabinets in the kitchen and like show me my walk-in closet and like all this shit and like, we were like, uh, we should just put in an offer because everything is getting bought up. Like everything that we wanted to buy was like, oh, sorry, it's under contract. We're like, fuck this. So we put in a full cash offer. She was like, are you sure? We're like, yes, do it. Um, so we did it. The first time that my husband actually saw this house was after he had already signed it. And the moving truck was pulling into the driveway, dropping off all our shit. So he, I was like, let's take the tour, babe. He was like, okay. <laughs> and now we live in Nashville. I, you know, there's just so many things coming up for me from that, because I just think that like, number one, you listen to your gut. Number mm -hmm. two, like you said, you took fast action. You pulled the trigger, whatever the hell you want to call it. And I think that so many people in this world, that is one thing that like, 
you know I'm huge on, we've talked about it a thousand times, is you have to make a decision and there's no wrong decisions. Like you decided it was your turn. You guys like pulled the trigger, like sold, sold. Thank you, ma'am. Move in. You know, I think so many people hold themselves back from doing something that it seems like such a big deal, but like, what was the worst thing that was going to happen? You get to Nashville and you go, Oh, well shit. We don't like this house. We'll find another one. But like, again, that one decision that you had to make has led you to make hundreds and hundreds of other decisions that have gotten you to where you are now. And it all started with you just being like, Nope, fast action. We're just going to do it. We'll just see what happens. Yeah. And I think too, um, something that you and I talk about a lot is like, we didn't have a plan B because I really believe like I had a photography company that I had started from the ground up and I was making good income and I had made it for five years and I ditched it because I wanted to do songwriting and I wanted to be a musician because photography wasn't lighting me up anymore. And I easily, easily could have been like, oh, but I can't leave my company. I just built this from the ground up. Or I could have done what a lot of people said and said, oh, are you just going to take your company down there with you and just shoot families and try to build your clientele up when you get down there? And I was like, no, because if I do that, I can't keep my feet in two ponds at one time. I will drown. Oh, so good. So much of my heart I put into my stuff. And if I divide that and start mixing up my energy, like I'll be up Shit's Creek without a paddle. Like I just can't, I knew that I couldn't do that. So I just, we didn't have a plan B. We're just what you said. Like if we have to sell the house, fuck, we'll sell the house. You know, if I have to get a job at Starbucks, I'll get a job at Starbucks. Like whatever, I'll figure it out. But like right now I don't have a plan B. This is it. That's so good, Sarah. So good. You know, like, this is one of the reasons why I just was like, when we first started this podcast, I said, you have to be on here, not only because you're a client of mine, not all my clients are always going to be on this podcast, but there's something different about you. There's something that you said the first day that we actually met. So uh, Sarah came to my Decide It's Your Turn event in Austin, Texas, a few years ago, and her husband randomly followed me online. Um, golfing. Exactly. He was a golfer. I was a golfer. And he like bravely reached out to me like she didn't know who the hell I was and he sure as hell didn't know the events that I put on and he's like hey I just feel like my wife would really be able to use this event should I buy her a ticket and I was like um hell yes you should (laughs) oh my god so to all the men out there yes 100% (laughs) exactly buy the tickets do the things because it is totally fast forward both of their lives but I remember the one thing and everyone at that event there was over 100 people there that day and you stood up and said something in that audience that like to this day every person in that building remembers and I think it's really really impactful it was impactful to every single one of us and not everything was remembered it that day but what you said was really really important that day and I think it kind of like loops around to everything that we're just talking about right now in your songwriting and your moving your fast action do you want to tell everyone what you said that day because I think it's so so important Yes, I will try um, because I think that uh, when I was in that moment, everything was kind of a blur and I was trying to like make sense of like, that was my first, I'll say that was my first self-help outside of therapy. You know, like that was the first time I had done anything that wasn't like clinical or like someone that could possibly prescribe me drugs to fix me. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll like, I just have found so many benefits from this 
realm, I will say. Um, so I was sitting there and it was a weekend event. And I was thinking to myself, like, there's all these women that are like gorgeous and fucking slaying life. Like they're just doing everything. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like I want to do shit like that. Like I want to impact people. I want to do the things like, but how do I know that I'm like them? Like, I mean, yes, we're humans. Like we both wear pants and socks and whatever the hell, but like, how do I know that like I get to do that? And so I just tried to think of like how to put that in like a sentence without being so angry. Um, so <laughs> like, I think I stood up and I said something to the fact, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I said something to the fact like there's a hundred people in this room and a lot of people on the stage are saying you, excuse me, burping is a thing. Um, <laughs> Sarah Faith, and she's totally like, she in there. Don't edit it out. What? No, no, no. Never going to edit that out because I want you all to go and you'll t be able to follow Sarah. It's Sarah Faith underscore music on Instagram. <laughs> follow this woman. She's one of the most beautiful people on the planet and acts like a dude like 90% of the time. Hence the reason why we get along so well, but yeah. come on. Yes, yes, I am a uh, perfumed dude. That is correct. Um, so I stood up because I just kept hearing them say, like, you get to make the decision. You can do this. You get to do whatever you want to do, and you are going to impact the world. And I was like, me? Me? Like, do you, you don't know, like, where I come from, who I am? Like, you don't know who that girl is or whatever. Like, so I, I was really confused, and I stood up and I said, like, how do I know that I'm different? Like, you are telling us all that we're different because we're in this room, but, like, are really all hundred of us really that different? Like, am I really that different? Like, how do we know that? Yeah. And it's so, it was so, so good. And I thought it was like one of the uh, most amazing questions we'd all heard. And in that instant, I, I don't, I'm pretty sure it was myself and maybe one of my guests on the stage with me. But I think the answer was the fact that there's hundreds of millions of people in this world and you had the wherewithal to be a person who decided it was your turn to do something. And you mm -hmm. kept taking the action that 99% of the people won't do. You know, yeah. I've had hundreds of people work with me over the years. And there's a reason why you are where you are, Sarah. And that is because you consistently pull the trigger, as you call it, decide, as I call it, and you take the action and have the unwavering faith. Yeah. That is why you will succeed. That is why you will have the breakthroughs. That is the reason why you are where you are today. And I, I hope that everyone who listens to this podcast, like this is the, one of the main reasons why I do what I do is I want people to understand you not only have to decide it's your turn, but then you have to have the unwavering faith and take the action. And that was the difference. That is the reason why you have the success you have and will have the tremendous amount of success that you will be coming into very soon is because you consistently take fast action. You consistently pull the trigger. You consistently do the hard things. And so when you said that in the room, it was like, everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah. Why us? Well, there was only a hundred people in that room who pulled the trigger, who decided on themselves, who bought the ticket, who got in that room, who took the action, who paid attention, who did all the things like that's it. That's the secret. Like so many people just think that you and I have these fucking secrets that we're keeping in our back pocket. They're that we're like, in my exactly. I'm like, oh, bitch, you don't know. Boom. We all know the 
secret. Wrong. The secret <laughs> is that. And that, and I just thought it was so monumental when you said that. And what most people didn't know about you, and I didn't even know about you that day, that I obviously now know, and one of the other secret sauces that you have, and I, I'd love for us to touch on this a little bit, is where you came from. Like where you came from versus where the fuck you are. And this is so, so important. I get so passionate about this because so many people could look at you, Sarah, because, you know, obviously this is just audio, but like I said, go follow Sarah Faith underscore music on Instagram right now. If you don't or Sarah Faith music on Facebook, Sarah is fucking gorgeous. She has unbelievable talent and her eyebrows are pretty much to fucking die for. Like, let's be real. People love your fucking hair and your eyebrows. Like if you do not follow Sarah for any other reason, just follow her just specifically for the hair and the eyebrows and it'll be worth every second. (laughs) But all that to be said, you have such a story that I think is really like, it's the main reason why you wake up every day and why you do this. And I think people need to know this about you because it's easy for someone to look at you and be like oh yeah yeah easy for her to say yeah and um I think it's really important um like you're saying is um you know I'm gonna get into it for sure but like I don't have any magical talent um uh the eyebrows were learned on YouTube (laughs) um and uh, an eyebrow tutorial has been begged from me on multiple occasions it will be coming to an IGTV near you you can do it right in your living room people I promise um the hair is a product of being an only child and just fucking having all the time in the world to like learn how to French braid and all that shit like it's really a sad story if you think about it like I just had no friends I was doing nothing else I was learning how to do my hair like go me like whatever okay so um I grew up oh this is where we tone it down um I grew up uh my parents divorced when I was five and um and my mom Obviously, the mom normally gets custody of the child unless there is a very obvious uh, reason why that should not be the case. Um, But my mom was an abusive alcoholic. So like from the ages of seven to 12, uh, my dad and I got into a custody battle with my mom because um, I started begging my dad to just please do something like I didn't even I was like seven. I didn't know what the options were, but I knew that I couldn't keep living like that if I wanted to like not to be dramatic, but live. I mean, like I I wasn't living, like I was in fear every time I came home from school. I was like making my own lunches. I was like raising myself at the age of seven. Like my mom was like, you know, drunk in the morning. I'm like putting myself on the bus. Like she couldn't keep a job. We were moving all the time. Like it was atrocious. And I just remember being like, dad, like you don't really understand what goes on when you're not there. Like you drop me off and my life turns to shit. Like it turns to absolute hell. She smokes like a damn chimney. She's drinking all the time. She's too drunk to realize that she needs to like put clothes on to like walk around the fucking house. Like she's, she was just a hazard to herself, much less having a child. And I mean that in the most endearing way possible, because if you know me at all and you know my stance on addiction, I know that my mother and her addiction are two separate things. But the problem is the addiction was so present that my childhood was a hell. And that's not okay. Like, it's not okay when her problems with her adult life become my issue at seven years old. So my dad and I 
fought really hard to, um, to change the custody. It took us five years because they kept giving me back to my mom. Like I would move to my dad's house. And like, I remember one instance I was in fourth grade and I had started school at my dad's house and two weeks in my dad picked me up from school in a suit from court. And he was crying. And I was like, well, this is supposed to be a good day. Like you were going to court today. We were supposed to win today. And I had to go home and pack up my shit and go back to my mom's house. And I was like, we just couldn't win. We just couldn't figure it out. And then when I was 12, um, we filed for one more. And that was the age when I could actually give my own testimony to the judge. Um, so I went in and I gave testimony for like what had been happening to me over the past five to seven years. Um, and when my mom heard that we were going to court again, she called me up and she said, um, Sarah, I don't know what kind of bullshit you and your dad are trying to pull, but I want you to know that you win. You can pick up your shit in garbage bags. I'll put it in the street. You're not welcome in this house anymore. And I was like, oh, okay. So as a 12 year old girl, the only thing that I was trying to do was like, get my life on some sort of track and stop being physically and emotionally abused. And somehow that turned out to be my problem. So that has played a part in, I'll say pretty much my whole life and patterns I'm still trying to break to this day of just feeling like anything that went wrong for me in my life was my fault. You know, I was kicked out of my house at 12 for trying to do the right thing. Um, so, I mean, that just, it sparked just a ton of depression, anxiety, not knowing what the fuck I was doing or where I was going or what was messed up about me. Like what, what was wrong with me to where my mom would do that to me? Um, and I, I mean, I was suicidal. My, my room at my dad's house was on the second story. There were multiple times that I thought about jumping out the window. Um, my, <laughs> this is really deep, but that's okay. Um, my dad walked in on me one day, um, as I was self-harming myself because I really, I just didn't know what to do with like all the pain that I was dealing with. I didn't know where to put it. Um, so I took it out on myself and, um, and he was scared shitless. And I felt so guilty because he fought to save my life and I was cutting myself. And it was just like, what are you doing? Like, I was just in such a mess. Um, so yeah, that's like the bulk of what happened um, to like lead me into like all the depression and anxiety stuff. You know, obviously this is, it, it, we started out so bubbly, but we turned to this and I, I just think everything <laughs> happens for a purpose and a reason. And obviously I know all this about you. And I think it's really important for people to hear this yeah. because I know that there's going to be one person that listens to this podcast that goes, holy fuck, I've had those same situations or, oh my God, I'm in that situation. Or how did that woman get out of that situation and get to where she is today. And I know, obviously I know you, I know that that like you being here today, your whole entire purpose on this planet is to just use your music to serve mm -hmm. others who have been in these situations. But I think the audience would love to know, like, what was it that like, was your catalyst to go, I'm no longer, because people ask me this all the time. Obviously, we didn't have at all situations that looked the same. But for my low, low and your low, low, like what was the defining moment where you said, okay, I'm deciding now it's my turn to do something different. I'm deciding now that my past does not dictate my future. Because I know that there's so many people out there listening that's going, how in the fuck did you go from wanting to kill yourself to 
now being a Nashville recording artist. How does that happen? Uh, honestly, I mean, I just have to give all the credit to Jesus. I mean, honestly, that's truly, I didn't grow up in like a Christian home by any means. Um, but I knew, I just felt like there was just something always that just told me there was something better. And I, that's, probably the best way I can describe it when I was younger, because like I say, everything was such a mess. I wanted it to end. I wanted it so badly to end that it didn't feel like there was anything that I could do or anything that I could say or anyone I could talk to that was going to make it better or make me feel better. I mean, therapists, whatever the fuck, like I couldn't find anything that made me feel okay. Or like I was okay. And I think it was a mixture of holding on to the fact that there is hope in the world somehow, even though I didn't know where the fuck it was going to come from. And just like something that I is, I just, to this day, it's like, even if you take just a tiny step, it's better than no step. So like, okay, I'm sitting in my room by myself and I'm really contemplating jumping out that window. Like, even if I just sit here for one more minute and don't, I win for one more minute. So, and even if I pull my notebook out and write about how I feel like doing that, but I don't actually do that, I'm still winning. And it literally was as infantile as that at that point in my life. Even if I just sit here and sit on my hands and don't do anything, that's better than me like unlocking the window you know like it's it's like crazy like how small the steps sometimes can be and now it's like okay so even if something really fucks my day up and i'm really pissed about it i can be mad but i used to go into like a deep depression like it used to be the end of the world for shit to hit the fan but now like if it lasts for three hours, it lasts for three hours, but at least I don't ever think about jumping out the window again because I've taken such tiny steps and they just add up over time. You know, it just you just feel like, oh my God, I'm not even doing anything. I'm sitting here doing nothing. But when you're depressed, sometimes doing nothing is the best you can do. Mm. And you just have, you just have to do the best you can do. This is so, so, so good because people sometimes, how, how do I get there? How do I get to this point? How do I, how do I go from where I am to where I want to be? And I think you hit the nail on the head. It is a journey of doing the smallest things over and over and over. <laughs> people always used to ask me like, how did you do this? How did you go from not wanting to live, not feeling like you had a purpose to now saying that you have literally the best life ever because you choose it. And honest to God, my bad days, just like yours, my bad days could have lasted days, mm -hmm. days, weeks, bad days. Now it's exactly what you're talking about. My bad days sometimes turn into bad one hours, bad 15 minutes, maybe even bad five hours. But we know how to get ourselves out of it. We know that it will not last forever. And we know that the bad days then become bad hours, bad 15 minutes. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that most people just don't talk about. They think that it goes from zero to 60 and it'll go away and it'll be fine. You and I both still have bad days. We have bad oh, shit happen oh, to us all the fucking time. I throw tantrums. I cry. I tell Ryan I'm angry. I looked at him the other day. He was so confused. I looked at him and I was like, babe, I'm just angry and I don't know why and I don't have a reason but I know that I'm just so angry and I'm pissed off and I I don't know what to do about it and I'm just like I'm just crying in bed and he's like what do I do the fuck that do is I exactly do? Nathan oh my god we did the exact same thing I was like don't talk to me I'm so mad at you right now he's like I just walked through the door what I do I go I'm just mad I just need a minute leave me alone and I know so I don't like this is a good this is a good one because I really want to know like what do you do in those moments because I know I have literally told Nathan sometimes I'm like don't talk to me don't come near me don't touch me like literally he walked through the door and he's like oh my god who is this psycho bitch what did you do with my wife and I'm like don't talk to me I'm going for a walk and I'll be back and I'm sure in his mind he's like you can fucking stay gone as long as you want, chick, because you're fucking psycho. There's the door, and once you leave, I'm locking it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I do know that. Like, I know now that I have to be vocal with him. I have mm-hmm. to say to him, listen, I'm not mad at you, but I definitely need some space. I'm really stressed out. I'm angry. I'm pissed off, and I'm going for a walk. And for me, like, 45 minutes later, even if the first 43 minutes of the walk, I'm still mad and I'm still pissed and I'm still want to tear his head off. Usually towards the end of the walk, I can come home and be like, Hey, just so you know, I am a raving bitch. I apologize. I'm better now. And I appreciate the fact that you let me go and walk and understood that I needed that minute. How does it work for you? So for me, it's usually just the fact, I just sometimes need to fucking cry and I'm just not a crier by nature. Um, so it doesn't just come naturally to me. I really have to get to a boiling point. And unfortunately, once I reach that boiling point, I turn into a blubbering, cursing fucking idiot. Like I just, I can't control it. Um, and I think I've I, seen that girl though. <laughs> well, you probably have. And you're I've been on the other end of that phone call. Again and again and again. <laughs> You, you just bring it out in me. That's what you um, pay for, bitch. That's what I'm you know, yeah, yeah, telling that's you. That's why I pay you. And I will spend it again and again. I um, My husband is a natural communicator. He's amazing at communicating. Um, and he is a talker. And that is one thing that we've had to learn about our relationship is that is kind of for as, you know, bubbly as I am, I'm actually a pretty introverted extrovert. Um, and I don't like to always talk when I'm pissed off. I don't, I'm quiet. I'm really quiet. And that's probably pretty scary for him. Um, but so he's, he wants to talk it out and he wants to like, you know, really, he doesn't want to fight. He just wants to talk about it. He wants to know, he wants to ask questions. And something that we've really had to learn in our relationship is Sometimes he needs to, as bitchy as this makes me sound, sometimes he needs to ask for permission to ask all those questions because like, I'll start crying and I'll just say, I'm angry. And he's like, do you want to talk about it? And you can tell he's like dipping a pinky in the water. Like, do you want to talk about it? And if I'm like, no, he's like, okay, (laughs) okay, then we won't. I love it. As I, it's good because he allows me to be myself, but then almost like clockwork in about three to five minutes of me bawling my eyes out and burying my face in my blankets and all that shit. I will just start 
blubbering. You know, I'll just start saying things, even if they don't make God's greatest amount of sense. Um, you know, I'll say like, I just really am disappointed in this. And I know that I shouldn't be, or it's usually, I think my biggest thing, especially now that I'm chasing such a huge dream and I just feel like I have such a massive purpose. Um, my, my biggest hangups now are like, am I doing enough? Am I enough period? And, um, is there something else I should be doing and why isn't stuff happening? So it's really become a lot for me about like relinquishing control. And, um, I think for someone like me that has not really controlled my life up until now, but I've kind of had to put my big girl pants on and take control of a lot of things. Um, I had to put my big girl pants on and go take pictures of my mom's room laden with empty bottles so that we could give it to the court system. I had to put my big girl pants on and deal with my mom's death when she died four years ago. And then my grandma's and then my uncle's because they all chose me as their representative. And my other part of the family was not happy about that at all. Like there's been a lot of times that I've had to put on my big girl pants and just like flex my muscles a little bit and then get through it by doing that. But music doesn't work that way. My purpose doesn't work that way. I can't control God's will. I can't control the universe's plan. And sometimes I will admit that makes me mad. Mm. That makes me mad and I cry, but you got to give it up. Oh my God. That is so so hard. It's so hard. It is so hard, you know, but sometimes too, I also think, and, and I'm sure you'll agree with me here is oftentimes I find that a lot of the times we want something to happen and God actually has a bigger plan for us. If we would actually relinquish the control, because I think so often that is what happens to us is we go, God, it's got to happen this way. It's got to happen this way. It's got to happen this way. I always go back and, you know, obviously you're a country music singer. So I always go back to, I think it's, who is it? George Strait song um, or no Garth Brooks song about um, unanswered prayers. Yes. Right. Yes. Like in the moment you think, oh God, it has to happen this way. This is the best way for it to happen. And then you look back five years and you're like, oh God, I have I have looked back on certain things in my career, in my business career, in my golf career, in my life. I remember literally thinking that like, if I didn't get this job opportunity on television, that it was like my life was over. And now it like brings tears to my eyes to think, oh my God, if I would have gotten that, I wouldn't have gotten this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes like, that's it, right? It's like, you think we have it all fixed up in this little box and God, just give it to me in this little box and it'll all work out so perfect. And I'll be so happy. And yet God's like, what are you doing? Like, that's like a little penny box. I've got this like massive box waiting for you. If you let me have the fucking control. Yes. Yes. I totally agree. And actually something that you said the other day, I, wrote down and I have been carrying with me for the past few days to help me with things like this. And it was something along the lines of, I think you heard it in a podcast or something, but it was like, Oh, it was from your coach. When you had that, like sit down with your coach. And, um, it was like, there are jobs that I am meant to do jobs that you are meant to do. And there are jobs that God is meant to do. And don't you dare get those confused Mm. because my jobs and God's jobs are two separate things. And also something that really kind of brings me back down to earth when I'm getting all in a tiz and all emotional and all that bullshit is like, 
for all the possibilities that I can think of in my little pea-sized brain, I would have never known how to create the planet Earth. I would have never known how the fuck to make a hippopotamus. I don't know how to do that shit. God knows how to do that shit. I don't know how to do that shit. So like for me, thinking I've got it all worked out in my head and I've got all the possibilities lined up like little dominoes, like, no, there are so many more possibilities that we can't even imagine. We can't even, we're not capable. So just be responsible for what you're supposed to be responsible for. Oh my God. I love it. I think that this episode is going to just be so magical for so many people, just because not only do I just love you as a human being, I know everyone who's following you is going to love you, but your story and the impact that you're making and who you are as a human being and the reasons why you show up every single day and do the small things that have gotten you where you are. And like, Literally, I know that your and I's dream of where you're going is like actually not even as fucking good as where it's going. Like it, it really isn't. It's like because everything that's led up to this place, like we get so excited uh, the other day. And obviously we can't talk a lot about it on this podcast because it, it's not official as of yet. But, but like I, I want to. Can I just oh, say that I oh want to, but I just can't. <laughs> I know. I want you so fucking bad. Oh, I am like. Oh, my God. I have never been more thankful for you you being my friend and when you called me screaming your fucking face off I put the phone down and I was like that's the kind of friends I fucking want in my life let's go and I was ready to like run through a building for oh you. my god you know it was so funny I was on a call with another client when you FaceTime me like three times and I told my client why I was like oh my god my client has been my client for like two years and my friend and, blah, blah, blah. and I was like I think she's just gonna tell me something really really amazing this is so good I'm like crying my other clients crying she doesn't like, what's this know you. I know she's like oh my god and like I'm like don't worry I'd cry for you like this too this is so exciting but um I adore you. I know everyone who meets you just, you know, really, you have something special about you. And it's, it's interesting, because I think one of the first times that we were um, talking, you had said, I don't feel that special. And yet, yeah. it's um, pretty amazing. Before we hit record um, today, you actually said something that I thought was pretty damn amazing about yourself. Yeah. And it actually makes me want to cry. What did you say? Um, while well, I'm doing the thing that we can't really talk about and, um, it makes me want to cry. Um, you know, I've just dealt with such a poor image of myself basically my whole life. And there have been people that have been like, oh, you're so special. You're so beautiful. You're so cool. You're funny. You're blah, blah. And I pretty much never get it, uh, ever. I pretty much, I'm like, you're full of shit. Like I'm just a normal human. There's nothing special about me. Um, but I'm making some content for this opportunity that I have. And, um, I was reviewing it with my husband, um, cause he's my sounding board. And I looked at him and I was very, very serious. And I said, how could it, how could it not be me? How could it, how could it not be me? Like I have a lot of, I have a lot of things going for me and I've never, I shouldn't, maybe I, maybe I do mean never. I don't know that I've ever really felt that way about myself. Oh, like I literally just want to end it right there. I always <laughs> ask everyone one last question though. So I definitely have to ask you the question because I think it'll be a good one. But like, I want everyone to hear that. I want everyone to hear that at, how old are you now? 30? 31. 31. I was going to- Don't look a day over 22. Oh God, I know you lucky bitch. 
Um, I'm like, no, no. Um, and it's not for lack of trying. Give me the years. <laughs> I spend so much time in the sun with soccer, and I don't give a shit about sunscreen. You're only 30. Wait until you're my age. I, got, I know. I'm gonna like, like rock and be like, hard. What are you talking about? You oh my god, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, you're you you're gorgeous. But anyway, I I just think that it's pretty amazing to think that after 30 something years of really just disliking yourself and not being at that point, you were able to do that. And I think it's one of the most incredible things. And I'm just honored to be your coach, blessed to be your friend. I'm so excited for you. I cannot wait to see what this world has in store for you. Um, Okay. So the final question is, what is one decision you were afraid to make, but once you finally made it, it ended up better than you expected, or if it was shittier than you expected, what lesson did you learn? Okay. Um, this is actually such a hard question for me because I think my journey has been made up of so many decisions. Like, I mean, if we replay this episode, there's probably 30 decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I think that, um, the decision to just pack up all our shit and move proved a lot to me. Uh, about myself, about Ryan, and about us as a couple. Um, And I will say that, uh, you know, we've only been down here for a little over a year, and shit was not always smooth. Once we moved, we were dealing with, we had just got married. Um, We were dealing with a huge transition. I was dealing with, um, you know, dealing with three people's estates that had passed away in 18 months, and it was a shit show. Uh, We had to look each other in the eye and figure some shit out with our marriage. But I will say that making that decision to move has probably been the best decision that we've ever made. Um, Just because it taught us so many lessons, good and bad. And I think uh, a lot of people think that we're crazy for that. And I just so often want to like grab them and be like, you can do it. You put the shit in the boxes, you put the boxes on the truck, the truck drives them to the house, you drive to the house, you take the shit out of the boxes. It takes a while, but you just do it. And then you're done. And then you live someplace that brings you so much joy and you live your life. Mm, So, so good. I love you, adore you. Tell Sarah, just tell them where to find you because if they're not obsessed, they're obviously not my people. So <laughs> if you're not obsessed, you're wrong. I'm just kidding. Exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> and if being obsessed is wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> um, okay. So first of all, I love you and I adore you as well. I love and you. I'm so fucking thankful that my husband sent me away two years ago. Like, thank you, Ryan, for being like, I don't want you to think that I'm sending you away, but I kind of am. Like, you need to go. And I was like, okay, you're right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just really set me on a trajectory of having, like, fucking boss friends, man. Like, I'm so blessed. Um, but you can find me. Uh, I spend most of my time on Instagram. Uh, Sarah Faith underscore music, because the other one was taken, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but there's pets, there's goats, there's music, there's husband shenanigans. There's just, like, we live and a... don't forget the eyebrow and hair tutorials. Dude, that the eyebrow and why people should be turning in. 
Yes. So uh, I don't know if you're hair enthusiasts or makeup enthusiasts. I certainly never thought I would be because I am a dude. Um, but <laughs> a hot, very, very last, hot dude. here we are. <laughs> um, oh, and we like to golf a lot. So I don't know if that. Oh, my either. God. Those are my people. Yeah, yes. dude. Um, but I spend some time on Facebook as well. Um, I have a fan club if you're interested in joining the legacy, which we haven't even talked about, but that's fine. People can figure out what the legacy is when they go and find or we'll just have to have you back that sounds good or you just have me back because this movement is going to explode i just want to (laughs) choose your legacy sarah faith music love you adore you chat with you soon okay bye y'all i am unbelievably grateful at how many of you are resonating with this podcast i also know that many of you are asking yourself Gosh, what difference in my life and my business would it make to have a coach walking beside me day in and day out to make sure I show up deciding it is my turn? You guys, this is exactly what I do in my coaching practice, and I would love to jump on a free discovery call with you to see if you and I would be the perfect fit to make sure you show up every single day confidently in your purpose, making a profit and living a life that you love. Check the show notes to book that call or the link in my Instagram bio. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also head on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that'll help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.